Welcome to Fitness Feed Radio. My name is Ben Anderson. I'm a holistic health coach, and you can find my business page on Instagram at fitnessfeedhq. This podcast is dedicated to helping you look and feel your best by creating a solid lifestyle for well-balanced health. Let's go. All right, welcome back to another Fitness Feed Radio episode. Today's is all about the listeners. So I threw out to Instagram a few weeks ago a Q&A, a little question box in my stories, and asked for you guys uh, to submit any questions you had for me. Anything that you wanted to know about uh, my lifestyle, my health, my thinking around health, Um, or just about me in general. So uh, I'm very excited to get into it today. There were some really, really great questions. There were some big questions. And if uh, I apologize, if if yours was a bigger question, I will probably end up breaking it out into its own episode at some point um, and may not be answering it here today. So that's, uh, that's the little breakdown. So let's get into it. And a lot of these, again, were, uh, were directed towards me and what I do and what I'm doing. And the, the way that I want to approach this is uh, I want to be seen as a leader. I want to be seen as a guide. And so I think that the value of this is not just in hearing what I do, but hearing how you can then apply it to your life. And Think about how you can apply it to your life and, uh, and maybe even question some of the things that you currently do around some of these topics um, with regards to your health. So yeah, here we go. The first one, one of, the, one of my favorite ones um, was about workout programming. So the question was, do you follow specific workout programming or do you do your own thing? And on a, on a very small scale, I do my own thing. On a large scale, it's a mix. So uh, I'm always kind of learning about ways to program my workouts, what I'm trying to do, my goals that I have, uh, where I feel my weaknesses are. So do I need to work on strength? Do I need to work on endurance? Uh, you know, is my cardio to an appropriate level? Um, all that sort of stuff. And I am constantly assessing how I feel and what I need on a daily basis. And so from day to day, most of my, most of my programming is okay. Like today, you know, I think I might need some strength work. Um, haven't had any this week, or I feel like doing strength work. I feel like going for a run. I feel like recovering. It's really a a lot of feeling that guides it. Now I won't shy away from, you know, buying a program or hiring a coach for a, for a, a program at some point um, just to mix it up, just to see what, they're, what they have to offer, get some new ideas for my own training, or just to you know, have a little help achieving a goal. Um, examples of this, you know, I, I, last summer I hired a, an old coach of mine who's a CrossFit guy, Dave Marmon. You can find him on Instagram, at Coach Marmon. Uh, he's a beast. Um, I did six weeks of his CrossFit training and it was, it was great. I hadn't done CrossFit since college. Um, definitely, definitely an intensity 
shift for me. Definitely fun, definitely a good experience. Took a lot away from it. It was very excited to go back to controlling my own training afterwards. Um, so I'm finding that that's what works for me really well as far as staying in, engaged, staying into it, and being flexible and being uh, you know, cognizant of the fact that with consistency comes progress and also with flexibility comes uh, engagement and variety and, um, and all those things. So uh, I find that that's a good mix for me and it could be different for other people. You might be someone who, who loves a plan year round, year after year, right? So find it for yourself, try things out, mix it up. Okay, the next one was around alcohol and coffee. And this is a, another great question as I find these both to be more classified as substances rather than foods or drinks. So um, let's start with alcohol. Uh, alcohol for me was a coping mechanism for social anxiety in earlier years of my life. Alcohol, um, you know, depleted my performance as a uh, soccer player. It, you know, inhibited my recovery. It did not do a lot of things for me except um, hide my, help me cope with my social anxiety. Now, uh, I've, I have a much better relationship with alcohol and that means that I, you know, I don't usually want to drink it hardly ever. I don't think I've had a drink since last April. Um, and I don't notice it. I don't miss it. I don't crave it. Um, now that summer or you know spring and summer is around, it might be different. I might have a drink here and there, but it is not something that is regularly in my life. And it is amazing how good it feels um, versus knowing how you feel when you wake up after alcohol, even a little bit, even a little bit. And when you become more in tune with your body and you get it towards a more balanced and thriving state, you'll notice this as well. Um, so that's alcohol. It's not a, it's not a never. It's a, it's a usually no, pretty much always no. Um, coffee is a different story. So I uh, definitely had some dependency on coffee and find that, um, I feel better with less of it. Uh, I feel great without it, but I feel pretty much all the way great with some of it. And so I'll let it in here and there for the most part right now. I'm doing half-calf, um, so half-caffeinated, half-decaf, um, and that's working for me really well. And when it doesn't, then I will adapt. I will change. Um, and I'm just keeping an, an honest and, and uh, keeping honest with it and being aware of it is the key, as I, you know, you hear me say so much, awareness and intention. So. Um, with coffee, my intention is to um, use it mindfully and not rely on it for waking up or for feeling energetic because it does not do that. Um, but to use it just as, uh, you know, a ritual of sorts for me, uh, you know, kind of uh, a nice thing that I like and to not let it run away. Um, so that's that alcohol and coffee. Uh, at times, I've gone way off the deep end with a lot of coffee, you know, three cups a day, full calf, uh, espressos and all that. And at times, I've had no coffee, sometimes full decaf. It's just kind of a mix, and it'll just depend on where I'm at in my life. All right, uh, big shift here. Favorite book of all time. Um, this is a good one. I, the one that... <laughs> so, 
as many people my age might resonate with, pretty much any Harry Potter book. Um, if I had to pick a favorite Harry Potter, I think The Goblet of Fire, when Red was the book for me, not the movies here. Um, however, that seventh book is phenomenal as well. Um, so that's kind of, you know, a series. But uh, other than that, my favorite book of all time is The Count of Monte Cristo, which I reread um, every year or two years. Definitely a favorite of mine. I love the story. I love the um, characters. And uh, just, it's an amazing book. So if you haven't read it, you should read it. Okay, next. Um, how do you stay focused on personal goals or change when others don't give a crap? Very, very common question. Um, with people who are in circles of people who whose values and actions don't align with their uh, trajectory and the thing that I would say here is you know check your environment or set boundaries around your environment that doesn't only mean you know where you go or what you guys do but who who you're with for the majority of the time so uh, you know common principle surround yourself you know the five people that you surround yourself with right that idea like that's who you'll become um, Surround yourself with people who have like-minded goals or um, at least are like-valued in, in some sense with the direction that you want to go. Um, and then, you know, if, if you can't manipulate the environment, then set the boundaries, okay? And so then my next point is kind of around your words. Um, for example, you're out um, and people are talking about drinks, getting drinks, and eating food you may not be uh, you may not be pumped about eating you may not want to eat um, for for your goals or for your change that you're, you're seeking something that might come up in your head in your words might say they never respect my requirement or they never respect my goals and this is a projection and if you then say it take out they and put in I me or myself or take out the pronoun of whoever else it is and put in I, me, myself, and then say it back. So it goes from they never respect my requirements to I never respect my requirements. And take the hit of ownership there. And that, and, you know, it feels heavy, but it also empowers you to be able to say, okay, so I know you guys are going to want to do this, and I don't want to do that, so I need to set a boundary. I'm not going to do that with you guys. Um, and I'm, I love you guys as friends, and I'm, I definitely want to continue our friendship. And if you want to hang out with me, this is what I want to do. And this is my boundary. Simple enough, but it's very, it can be hard to do. So, um, you know, credit to you if you're going through this and you are setting boundaries. That's courageous and uh, not easy to do. Well done. That means you're aligning tighter with who you want to be. And you're, uh, you're not letting external factors influence it. So, well done. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what am I currently reading? I am currently reading a book called The Talent Code. Uh, let's see, I'm like 60 or 70 pages in and it's fantastic. Um, tell you a little bit about it. It's basically debunking the idea that talent is, you're born with talent. It's, um, it's the idea that you're, you're not born with it, it's made, um, it's created. Uh, basically when they figured out this neurological um, 
I don't know what to call it, function, you know, thing called myelin, uh, for lack of a better word, thing, myelin, which uh, encases neurons in the brain and promotes, you know, faster firing or timing of firing. You think of skill here. Uh, it's basically the more time you spend doing something, the more skilled you become at it. And the more skilled you become at it, the more you are, quote, talented. And the earlier you do it, the more you're considered a prodigy. So examples so far were like the, the Bronte sisters who wrote tons of little short stories as kids. And then they wrote these amazing books and they're sisters. And, you know, how can that talent, is it family based? The argument here is that, no, they, they spent all this time writing as kids that, of course, they were going to be good at writing as adults. It just had to happen that way because they spent so much time. They also looked at soccer players in Brazil um, and this, uh, you know, this deep practice idea um, where they took this big game of soccer, 11 aside, big field, and they condensed it into um, a small basketball court style uh, or um, size. And they play with, with uh, less amount of players on the field and they get more touches and they get more practice and it's tougher and it's faster and all that. And it translates to them becoming better on a bigger stage, like a, in a bigger field or bigger levels. And the idea that the deep practice here was that they, um, they practiced where it was hard um, and they became better because of it. So they, you know, they improved the myelination of you know, these uh, pathways, these motor pathways of playing soccer. So that it was able to translate to a bigger, bigger field. So anyway, super, super cool book. Loving it so far. Not done with it yet. So don't hold me to that. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we got three more. These are kind of bigger questions uh, I wanted to go over. So these might take a little bit longer. But the first one was, how has your uh, how has your approach to health changed over the years you've been in the industry? And this is a big one. So. First, we'll start kind of where it was and where it is now. So where it was, um, I was definitely, you know, performance-based, sports performance-based, and it was important that workouts were hard. It was important that um, you were rigid. It was important that um, you didn't access feelings about what you were doing and how you were living, just that you did it. There was a right way and there was a wrong way. And if you didn't do it a certain way, you were weak. And if you did it the right way, then you were strong. This is how I approached it. And this is how a lot of people approach it. Um, over the years, you know, I've been over this in my story, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work long term. It, it's short term. It's basically the idea of body domination versus body alignment. Body domination is, I don't care what it takes, I'm going to do it. I don't care if it makes me feel horrible. I don't care if it's the road to hell. I don't care if it hurts. I don't care if I'm repressing anything. I don't care if it's restrictive. This is what needs to be done. Um, and usually it's externally motivated. Um, someone else, some sort of validation you're seeking, etc. And... The shift has happened to focusing on you, focusing on what you want, how you want to feel, and really, really connecting to the feeling of it, 
Um, and taking other people out of the equation and using your words to do that as well. Um, just like the example earlier, you know, they never respect my requirements. I never respect my requirements. That kind of idea, that shift to ownership and that shift to inward reflection is game changing. So that also said, um, another big way that it's changed is focusing again on in a holistic sense or on a holistic approach where it's not just the one hour in the gym, it is your active lifestyle, it is not just how long you sleep, but how well you sleep and when you sleep. It's not just what you eat, but it's how you think about what you eat and um, how you manage your relationship with food and how you practice your relationship with food. It is not just um, the grind mentality. It is the growth mentality. It is the mindset uh, that you're doing this for body alignment, not body domination. All this stuff has really, really come to light uh, for me. And I really want it to come to light for everyone because you know, we're, we're not here to beat ourselves up for our whole lives. We're here to enjoy our lives and to thrive. And to thrive means to um, you know, do it for yourself and to become everything you know you can be and everything you know you want to be and to follow your heart and to follow um, what it is that you're interested in and you want and you feel strongly about and you're passionate about. And that's what thriving is. It's, it's that direction and it's, and it's holistic and it's a whole team working together and it's not conflict. It's not fighting yourself. It is alignment. It's together. It's harmony. It's balance. All that stuff. Check out the last episode um, if if you're confused about any of that stuff. It's a great episode on thriving. So that ties in pretty well with the next two questions. But the uh, the next one is why is fitness or health hard? And this one is uh, is tricky because it's basically indicative of your mindset around uh, health and fitness. Is it to dominate your body or is it to get in alignment? And it takes one second to get into alignment. It's a lot of hard work to dominate your body and it doesn't feel good. <laughs> and I would say that's why it's hard. So. Last question, big one, um, is how does holistic health apply to weight loss? And it's a great question. So um, nowhere in all of my, uh, in all my coaching and all of my course and in my messaging and marketing and all this posts on Instagram and stuff, do I ever mention, you know, uh, anymore, uh, mention calorie restriction, or workouts that you should do or anything. It's just about how you approach your life. It's just about how you approach your relationship with food. Doesn't matter calories. I mean, it does in the end, but uh, it doesn't, you don't have to focus on that. Um, how you sleep, how you move 
outside the gym, an active lifestyle, and your mindset. And just by focusing on these things, it happens. It's incredible. And it's not. It's not rocket science. Um, so, you know, this philosophy comes back to this idea that we're shaped by our daily repetitive actions and our bodies are no different. So what we look and feel like is dictated by what we do and think on a daily basis. This is a much larger conversation than just an hour in the gym a few days a week, even if it's five or six days a week. It's truly, it's a lifestyle shift and it's a perspective shift around how to be healthy. For example, like the entire debate around nutrition um, might be easier conveyed and more applicable to more people just by putting some awareness and experimentation with the foods that you eat and how they make you feel and how you approach eating on a daily basis. And not how, how they make you feel good um, emotionally, but energetically. And also being aware of how emotions dictate how you approach your food. So again, I can go into that in my course and everything, but basically um, getting rid of this idea that there's good and bad and there's right and wrong and connecting to you and what um, makes you thrive. It makes you feel good and feel the best. And it's truly experimentation and it's, um, it's feeling it. So it's getting into, into connection with yourself and also using your intuition. Intuition about a lot of things, but about what is going to make you feel the best and what you need and what, uh, what makes you thrive. So that is it about 20 some minutes 22 or 23 minutes of this and i'm sure you guys have done hear me answer your questions so i won't ask for any more i hope you enjoyed the episode i i hope you get something out of it and if anything needs clarification reach out reach out to me if you want to get started on my program reach out to me um, it has changed tons of people's lives so far and i can't wait to get it in the hands of more people. Um, yeah, so with that, let's get out of here. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.